What kind of demand exists for hydrogen? And could we, as Albertans, become a global leader in the industry? Joining us to discuss is Malcolm Bruce, CEO of Edmonton Global. Good morning to you, Malcolm. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. Now, we heard the term hydrogen, and I think we all spent some time in chemistry class, which I didn't do so well in. Let's break down hydrogen, you know, the uses and uh, the demand for it globally. How can you break that down for us? Well, the opportunity in hydrogen is growing exponentially, and there's a there's a there's a global race on right now to become, you know, the leaders in this space. And I think Alberta and Canada are incredibly well positioned for it, and simply because we already produce two thirds of the uh, hydrogen uh, that's produced in Canada is produced here in Alberta. We have the technology, we have the skill sets, and we have the natural advantage of geography where we can store carbon in the ground, which is a byproduct of making hydrogen from natural gas. Can you talk or give us a little bit of the sort of Coles Notes version of, of how hydrogen is actually produced? Sure. So it's essentially taking natural gas uh, that we have abundance of in the province of Alberta and then breaking it down into its component parts. One of those parts is hydrogen or H2 is the molecule. That molecule then when consumed or burned produces essentially water. So there's no uh, carbon emission from it when you deploy it into things like transportation or industrial use. As long as you, when you're making it, you capture that carbon that is the other part of the molecule, you break out and put it in the ground. And we've been doing that, right? There's two big carbon trunk lines that already extend out of the Edmonton region. One goes north, one goes into central Alberta. And we've uh, the government of Alberta is now uh, awarding lots of what we call pore spaces or the carbon capture and storage places where we're going to put tens of millions of tons of carbon down there. So we're well positioned. The other one is you can produce hydrogen from other sources like nuclear or water or wind power, solar power, but at scale to meet global demand we're talking about, we're going to use, we're going to need to use our natural gas resources. You mentioned, you know, kind of how, how it is made and, and how we want to move forward as, as a global leader, perhaps. I think we could all agree that that would be great, a feather in our cap. But can we, with a different production, with a different product, can the jobs that are already in our oil and gas industries, can they translate to hydrogen production? Would there be a complete relearning process or would the current energy workers be a good fit for this industry? No, I, I think I think the current energy workers are a perfect fit. I mean, the knowledge that is gained, whether you're an engineering or a technician or something, those basic skills are what's still needed in the hydrogen economy. There will be some reskilling, upskilling. So think about if you're fixing a hydrogen-driven vehicle, for example, then there may be some different skill sets you're going to need to be able to repair that engine. But the basic mechanical work that's done is still going to be required. So it's about reskilling, upskilling, uh, and I think we're incredibly well positioned. So we, in partnership with a number of other folks, including Paris Canada and a number of our post-secondaries, are working on what does the labor requirements for the hydrogen economy look like on a go-forward basis. And Malcolm, I mean, you touched on it, you know, applications for hydrogen, you, t you touched on it with vehicles slightly, but are, what are some of the applications hydrogen can be used for? Heating our homes? So yeah, so there's really three, I would say, three buckets. So one is industrial use. So if you think about making things, and we use hydrogen already in a, a lot of our oil sands and other productions, and but think about converting steel, which currently uses coal as its primary heat source, to natural or to hydrogen. Uh, so then you start to green the steel that you're producing or concrete. So there's industrial applications. There is heat and power. So exactly as you indicated, there are 
projects that are all going right now about blending hydrogen into natural gas systems that are being used in homes up in uh, the Fort Saskatchewan area in our northeast part. ACO is doing that. And then finally, there's the, the one where we think is the quickest win, which is transportation, specifically in heavy haul, but not exclusively because electrification is going to be a key for the smaller vehicles. So you're, you think about your commercial or your private vehicles, but in terms of being able to move heavy loads and everything like that, we're going to need to use a different energy source, and that energy source is going to be hydrogen. So heavy haul trucks, garbage trucks, buses. So a number of those pilots are already going on here in the Edmonton region. Malcolm, on paper, you know, it looks like we've got what it takes, and uh, we've got the know-how when it comes to uh, the energy industry, albeit a little different. We've got the know-how. But as with anything, a good idea on paper, who is our competition globally? What other countries are really going to try to go for it? Well, I'll tell you right now that uh, the United States are are all in. So they've created some legislation that is making our competitive advantage um, not as good as it once was. So that's why we need to move on this opportunity as quickly as possible. For Canada, it represents probably by 2050, if we do it all right, about $100 billion a year. $100 billion a year, which most of that will be in Alberta because the bulk of the production is going to be here in uh, in Alberta because of the access to low-cost feedstock, the skilled workforce and everything. So that that's our competition. Europe is also very keen on it. They're looking at building 40,000-kilometer hydrogen pipeline system to power the hydrogen economy in Western Europe. So it's it's a it's a big deal, and we're going to be uh, very aggressive to be able to make sure that we keep our competitive advantage. So we're doing two things. First one, we're uh, we're looking locally. So we established the first hydrogen hub here in Edmonton, and now there's other ones that are being built around, like Calgary's establishing their own now as well. But it's really a partnership of First Nations businesses and uh, levels of all levels of government to be able to drive the biggest uh, thing that we need is demand. And as I said, transportation is probably the quickest win. So we're focused, hopefully, in the the big Canadian Hydrogen Conference we've got going on here in April to announce a 5,000-vehicle challenge where we want to convert 5,000 vehicles either to dual fuel or single fuel vehicles by 2027. The other challenge is on the international market. That's where the scale is. This is where we get uh-huh. the $100 billion. If we can supply four of the five big economies that are looking for hydrogen are Japan, Korea, China, and California. The fifth one's Germany. Four of those ones are on our West Coast. So the key is infrastructure mm-hmm. needs to get built to move tens of millions of tons of hydrogen to those four markets. Got to leave it there for time. Thank you so much for your time, Malcolm. Appreciate it. No problem. Take care. You too. Malcolm Bruce, CEO of Edmonton Global.